Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 hey. What up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. And make sure if you like the podcast, what do you do? You tell a friend, share it, like it, tell people about it, and make sure wherever you're finding us, you rate us and subscribe and all that stuff. The Believe Podcast Network, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, all that stuff, we're there. My man Kevin Cleveland's running the boards, engineering, producing. Kevin, what's cracking? How you doing? Hey, Reggie. I'm uh, doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, we had like a week off or so. It's getting down on the holidays. And all I got to say is I'm grateful to be in Southern California, where Christmas Day should be 72, 74 degrees. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I was, in, um, I was in Orlando, and that's why we didn't have an episode last week. I was in Orlando shooting a new commercial for USAA. Uh, they're getting rid of Gronk, and they put your boy up in there. So, yeah, I was doing that. Um, Orlando, though. A little, a little something about Orlando real quick. Uh, the Orlando City slogan should be, we're just three hours away from Miami. Because <laughs> there ain't nothing to do in Orlando but fall into a tourist trap. I, all, all, all that was around me was Mickey Mouse ears and Universal Studios bags. That's all I saw all over Orlando. It's insane. But I digress. This week... We're going to give you some Reggie's picks to go into the uh, the Christmas season, into the new year, all that stuff, and get you some money, get you paid. But first up. Kevin, did you watch uh, the Thursday night football game uh, last night uh, between the Jaguars and the Jets? I did watch a bit of it, and... Uh... Yeah, it was the most exciting thing was the uh, cold rain coming down, probably. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I was excited about this game because the aspect of, I mean, both of these teams are in playoff contention, right? Uh, The Jaguars came in at six and eight, uh, second behind the Tennessee Titans for a playoff spot for, for winning the division in the AFC South. And the New York Jets were seven and seven and. Look at their defense is all world. They got a dope defense. They got dope pieces on on, on offense at receiver. Uh, they got some good running backs. They're missing Brees Hall. You know he got injured, but once once he once once they get him back, they gonna have a real offense. And the only thing they're really missing is the quarterback. And what we had last night was a matchup between the twenty twenty one number one and number two overall draft picks, right? Number one was Trevor Lawrence, who everybody said was going to be number one, and he went to the Jaguars. And number two was, out of nowhere, leaping over Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. And I was excited to see them play last night because I wanted to finally see them both. I mean, they played last year, and I think the Jets beat the Jaguars last year because Trevor Lawrence had Urban Meyer, right? Let's just blame it on Urban Meyer. Um but I wanted to see how they were going to play, and I wanted to actually watch a full Zach Wilson game. Because as we know, Zach Wilson has been in and out of the lineup this year. He started the first couple of games, but he was god-awful. He got benched. They brought in uh, Mike White. Mike White won them some games, and then all of a sudden the whole team started loving Mike White. He, he, won, him, he won him like two games, and then he got injured. But they got people, they got the receivers, the Jets receivers walking around wearing Mike White t-shirts. If that don't tell you a little something about how they feel about the other dude, I don't know what it is. 
but I wanted to see how this was going to go for Zach Wilson. Because if you listen to the podcast, and of course, I know you guys do. Thank you. Um, I have been a ardent opponent of Zach Wilson being the number one, number two overall pick to the Jets. Uh, and it's nothing against Zach Wilson. I was talking to my wife last night. My wife was like, honey, I feel bad for him. And honestly, I do feel bad for him because Zach Wilson didn't ask to be drafted number two overall by the Jets. The Jets decided that they were going to go for a Hail Mary and take this dude who nobody had even had on their radar. Nobody. Nobody was checking for this dude. But the Jets decided they were going to outsmart the entire NFL and draft a dude from BYU who wasn't even the captain of his college team. Kevin, do you understand? Usually a quarterback who is going to be drafted in the first round is always the captain or one of the captains of the college team. He's usually that dude, but he wasn't that dude, and he couldn't even be that dude at BYU. So the Jets are deciding the dude who couldn't be the dude at BYU is going to come to New York City and be the dude here. I knew this was trouble from the start. And, hell, I, I tweeted out, in 2021, if you if you go find me on Twitter, at Reggie Watkins Jr., and put in the search, at Reggie Watkins Jr., Zach Wilson. There's a video clip that I saw during the draft. Kevin, it told me everything I needed to know about how this was going to go down for Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson gets drafted, and he's the number two overall pick. There's They've got the other top five picks around him, except for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence didn't even go to uh, the draft. He was at home in, um, in South Carolina with his family or whatever. But Zach Wilson came to the draft, and all these other black dudes are there with him, surrounding him, right? And they got video, and they're talking to him, they're interviewing all these cats. And these brothers got all the, the bling in their mouth, the jewelry, the, the glasses, styled up, posing for the camera. And Zach Wilson is in the middle of them looking like, we ain't in Utah no more, Toto. That is what I saw. And immediately the first thing that crossed my mind was, there's no way this dude is going to ever be able to tell dudes who look like these guys what to do. He's already shook, and they're not even on a football field. He's just shook standing next to these guys. You can't have that. And you could tell, I, and you know, if you follow BYU or know anything about BYU, BYU is a Mormon college. They don't let you drink. They don't let you. You can't even have sex at BYU. They might have changed that rule. I, I don't think they did. But I remember when I was getting recruited in, in high school, BYU was on the list of schools to never go to. Right? You cannot hook up. There's no sex. There's none of that stuff at BYU. Right. And then you got to go on like a Mormon mission. If you're if you're a Mormon, they send you on Mormon missions and all this stuff. Right. And. BYU ain't getting none of them brothers that's going top 10 in the draft. BYU ain't getting nobody that's going to Alabama. They ain't getting none of these dudes from Florida. They ain't getting none of these dudes from NOLA. They ain't getting none of these dudes from the East Coast. BYU is getting the dudes that UCLA don't want, right? BYU is getting the dudes that Utah don't want. They ain't getting these rough riding brothers or these hood country brothers. They ain't getting that. So Zach Wilson had never, ever seen that. And you going to take that dude and throw him into that in New York City? Oh, and last night it all came to a head. 
they're playing the number one overall pick who got drafted before them, and there's, there's nothing they can do about that. But they also know that Justin Fields has been looking like he is going to be that other dude from that draft. And they could have had him, but they don't. Instead, they got this guy. And last night, that dude went out on the field and was boo, boo. Kevin, he was he was god-awful. I've never... He looked like he just doesn't know how to play football. It looked like a dude who doesn't study film, looks like a dude who can't read defenses. He looked like he was out there. It, it looked like they drafted a quarterback from the school of the blind. My man could not. My man, he didn't see blitzes coming. They rocked him off of, it wasn't even his blind side. He should have seen this, but he was staring down a receiver on his left, on the drop back. Quarterback in 101, this dude couldn't get that done. And then he's supposed to have this rocket arm. He was throwing, under-throwing receivers all night. And every throw he was trying to make, it was kind of like, it was like all the throws were Hail Marys. He made like one or two passes down. The, Kevin, he had one pass. For the furthest completion he had was seven yards in the air. That is the number two overall pick in the draft. And every play, every time, dog, they had punt, 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 field goal, punt, 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 turnover. The score was 19 to three. They scored three points at home. And this defense was on the field all night because they couldn't do anything. They had the halftime and Ryan Fitzpatrick was doing the halftime show. And he said, they asked him, what could the Jets do to get back in this game? He said, well, you know, they got to just... Hope that, uh, you know, that that the Jaguars drop some punts. <laughs> that was the only thing that he thought they could do to actually win this game. Hopefully because he knew they were going to be punting all game long. Because this dude cannot get it done. And again, I'm not blaming him for it. I am, I am basking in me being right of calling him the bust. I knew that this was going to be the bust of this quarterback draft. But I take no pleasure in that because I feel bad for this dude. He didn't ask to be the number two overall pick. Robert Sala, who is there coaching the Jets right now, he drafted this dude. The general manager who is there right now, they drafted this dude. And I was talking to my boy Dub today, friend of the show. Like, yo, and we're like, yo, he, he was like, yo, f just once in my life, I want to be able to go into these draft rooms and ask these guys, so what made you think he was going to be the dude? Because... Me and Dub could watch this dude and know that he was not going to be good in the league. You, I mean, it's just, it's just after playing enough football, seeing enough football, you know, and you can watch guys and you can tell. Nope. Nope. Every now and then you get somebody who outshines their position. I, I mean, their, their draft spot, all this stuff, right? Because it's an inexact science. The draft is just, you're going off of popularity and guys who are in the biggest spotlight and they make some plays and whatnot, right? But for the most part, you're taking guys where they kind of where their talent allows them to be. And this dude was supposed to have all this arm talent, all this stuff, but the only, what he doesn't have is feel to play the game at the highest level. So he's in there throwing throwing ducks 
underthrowing, overthrowing, trying to every, almost every other play was just basically a Hail Mary where the receiver either has to make a great catch or the DB is just knocking it down. That's, it was just like he was playing Sandlot football. And then the boos started happening. Every series he was getting booed, 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 booed. And you know, this is New York. They are going crazy with the boos, crazy with the boos. They bench him for some dude named Streveler or, yeah, Stre Chris Streveler, who had been on the practice squad the day before. They brought a quarterback up from the practice squad and benched Zach Wilson for him. And this dude, Chris Streveler, came in and he was throwing punts. But it didn't matter that he was throwing. And when I say throwing punts, I want you guys to understand what, what I say when I say throwing punts. I mean, this dude had such a lack of arm strength. All his balls that he was throwing looked like they were being punted in the air. He was out there throwing softball passes. He had one, a receiver, a tight end was wide open for a touchdown down the middle of the field. Nobody was around him. The tight end had to stop, turn around, and jump forward, falling to catch the ball because it was so underthrown. That's how bad that dude was. And Zach Wilson got benched for him. It's over. This team, this city, there's no way he's coming back from this. There's no way. They just have to chop it up. And, and, and the dilemma is, what, what do we do? We drafted this dude number two overall. We paid him. It's not, and, and luckily, the money isn't the same as it used to be like 10, 15 years ago. When you give a, a number two overall pick, you're giving that dude 50, 60 million dollars guaranteed up front. This ain't Ryan Leaf money. You know what I'm saying? This ain't Jamarcus Russell money, which that's the conversation Zach Wilson needs to be in. Whenever we talk about Zach Wilson, whenever we talk about Zach Wilson, we need to be mentioning Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf in those same circles because that's where that dude belongs. This is one of the all-time misses, right? Luckily, the money isn't so bad, but they can't, they have to move on. There is nothing they can do. The fans are not going to get behind this guy, and they're not going to give this guy the time to grow because the team is ready now. And it's unfortunate that it happened that way because the Jets weren't supposed to be this good this fast. Hell, they were picking number two overall for a reason. They were god-awful. But they made some really good picks in Sauce Gardner, um, uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, Brees Hall, their offensive linemen. They got a bunch of picks for trading dudes away, right? And so they came up on some dope players. And this defense, Quentin Williams, this defense is playoff ready, Super Bowl ready. But the offense is cheeks because their quarterback is terrible. And they've been dealing with this for about a decade. Because if you remember who they drafted as a quarterback before this dude, yeah, they took Sam Darnold. They took Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold turned out to be trash. So the Jets have been a quarterback away for almost 10 years. I mean, almost a decade they've been a quarterback away because they've had good defenses and good. Hell, even before him, even before Sam Darnold, they had Mark Sanchez. The Jets are just, man, it's just been an anemic franchise. The butt fumble with Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold is a bust, and now you got this dude who's a bust? It's just tragic, man, and there's no way to come back from this. There's nothing they can do. They have to just acknowledge the sunk cost they spent on this dude. Just, just say, 
We messed up. We took the wrong dude. We're moving on. Keep him as a backup if you want because he's not making too much money. They can't re-sign Mike White to some big contract because he's also he's a free agent coming up after this year, and that dude can't stay off the injured list. He's always getting hurt. He's good. He's not insanely great, right? He's just a stopgap as well. And I know exactly what's going to happen. I said this three weeks ago. As soon as I started seeing the Zach Wilson problems with the Jets, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a New York Jet quarterback next year. Book it now. That's what's going to happen. He's not going to be signed by the Niners. There's one team that thinks they're a quarterback away, and the media and people will love to have this dude, this good-looking dude, come to New York and be the talk of the town, and they will get there, and Jimmy will get there, and they'll figure out that there's still a quarterback away because he is not that dude. He, Jimmy Garoppolo right now will get this team to the playoffs. Jimmy Garoppolo gets them to the playoffs. He just doesn't win them a Super Bowl. Same thing he did for the Niners. He can get them to the playoffs. He's just not going to win when it really matters. So, I mean, basically, I was just right about Zach Wilson. And I will take my flowers right now, even if y'all don't want to give them. But there's some other stuff going around in the NFL. I'm, I'm excited. We got Saturday and Sunday games. 49ers. My 49ers. Kevin, I don't know if you've been watching or paying attention to social media and the news. Um, apparently, Brock Purdy has become Joe Montana over the past uh, over the past week. Yes, he has. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you've paid attention or seen. Uh, Bill Romanowski was on a talk show and said that Brock Purdy looks like he could be uh, the starting quarterback for the Niners for the next 10 to 15 years. Um you know, Steve Young is saying, oh, my God, he looks so hell. Shanahan said that he's the most poised rookie he's ever been around. And you just can't do that. Shanahan, you can't do that when you've just given away three first round draft picks to draft a Trey Lance. And now that he's injured after playing one game in a quarter this season, we got this guy, the seventh over the seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant. Playing well. I'm not, I'm, here's the thing when it comes to me and my 49ers. I just keep it real and natural as much as I can. We can have a good story without making it the greatest story of all time. Right? I need people to understand something. There's a reason this man was the last pick in the NFL draft. There's a reason Brock Purdy stayed in college for four years. There's a reason because he's got limitations and the limitations are being masked by how great of a team. The 49ers are stacked. We're stacked. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, McCaffrey, Greg Kittle. Who are you going to double? Who are you going to focus on? Now, you put a competent quarterback back there. We've already seen it with Jimmy Garoppolo. You put somebody who's competent back there, you can get to a damn Super Bowl. Hell, we did that without Christian McCaffrey. We got Christian McCaffrey. It almost made it unfair. Now you can have any fool back there playing quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo all of a sudden started looking great because now where the hell do you double? Who do you focus on? Every You can get beat from everywhere on the field as long as the quarterback's not making mistakes. And so this dude, Brock Purdy, give him his credit, he came in and he's doing what a veteran quarterback should do. Why is he a veteran? Because that dude started four straight years in college. That's the upside to him. And he's got some mobility, which 
makes me like him more than I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this team is better with Brock Purdy than they were with Jimmy Garoppolo. But the problem that's going to happen is once we get into the playoffs and we're not playing against a terrible Bucks team, we're not playing against a non-playoff Seattle Seahawks team, we're not playing against the Washington Commanders, we're going to be playing against the Philadelphia Eagles in inclement weather with a great defense, and they're going to make a dude who was the last pick in the NFL draft show them that it's not just about his mental, they're going to make him do it with his physical. They're going to make Brock Purdy make the 20-yard out throw. They're going to make Brock Purdy squeeze the ball into tight windows because their DBs are all pros. Trayvon Diggs with the Cowboys is going to make Brock Purdy have to throw to a different receiver. Micah Parsons is going to make Brock Purdy have to run for his life and still complete passes down the field. That's where the difference comes in. That's where the talent gap comes in. And so I'm excited. Now, here's what I would say for the 49ers and, and Brock Purdy. If this dude wins us a Super Bowl, I will take a large glass of shut the hell up and I will jump on the Brock Purdy train. You heard it here first. He will be my quarterback forever. That's my dude. If he if he gets a championship, I'm just realistic and I know that it's not going. I just I just can't see it happening. And the crazy thing about Niner fans is we we got so enamored. Like it's like we get one play or one good quarterback play because we've had such average quarterback play. We don't we take we start to act like it's a godsend to see a guy throw the ball down the field or or complete touchdowns or not really have picks. And quiet is kept. My man Brock has had a couple of throws that should have been picks, just the other team didn't feel like catching them. He's had like three throws that were in guys' hands and they just dropped them. So it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors that we're balling and doing what we're supposed to do. But I need to see this dude playing from behind. I need to see this dude come back. I need to see this dude have to put up points when it's mandatory. Right now, we've just, we've just been running away from teams. But in the playoffs, that's not going to happen. You're going to be down. There's going to be some adversity, and I want to see. Before we announce this guy as, oh, my God, he's going to be the next Niners quarterback when we got a dude with immense talent sitting on the bench because he broke his ankle. I, Kevin, I've had people talking to me saying, dude, Brock Purdy's way more accurate than Trey Lance. How do you know? Trey Lance played one game and a quarter of football this NFL season and the one game he played in was in a monsoon I was there getting rained all over nobody could throw the ball in that game so why would we use that as the litmus test as to how accurate somebody is or isn't it's it's just it's it's just mind-blowing sometimes when I talk to people about football so this weekend, the Niners got the Commanders. And we're going to see because Tr Chase Young is back. He hasn't played all season. If you don't remember who Chase Young is, watch this Niner-Commander game this week, and y'all going to find out who this brother was. Because that dude is a sack monster. We've been talking about Micah Parsons, but we talk about Micah Parsons like this because Chase Young ain't played all year. We're going to see how this dude plays when you got a real monster coming down on you and a team that yo the the the, red, the the commanders ain't like 
they ain't no chump on offense. I mean, I don't think Tyler Heineke or Taylor Heineke is the dude at quarterback, but they got some weapons, man. McLaurin, Dotson, uh, uh, the running backs, yo, Robinson, Gibson, they, they got a little squad over there, and so they ain't going to be no punks. It's going to be a game. We're going to see what Brock Purdy got. I hope we get this win, and I need the Vikings to lose so we can be the number two seed so we can get two home games because if we get two home games for the playoffs, I'm going to one of them. That's that's just a foregone conclusion. But possibly uh, the most, you know, the most intriguing game of the week is going to be uh, Dallas at Philadelphia. And intriguing not because the matchup is so, you know, the, the matchup is so, the matchup is dope. But the, the intrigue comes from Jalen Hurts ain't playing. They're bringing in Gardner Minshew. And now there's a bunch of levels about this because Gardner Minshew is not a slouch at quarterback. That dude is probably, I think, for my money, hell, if Jimmy Garoppolo was the best backup in the league until he became the starter, and now Brock Purdy came in and was, and now he's looking like he could have been the best backup in the league out of nowhere. Gardner Minshew, to me, is a premium backup quarterback. That dude was winning games for the Jags last year. That dude came to Philadelphia and won games for Philadelphia. Gardner Minshew can ball in this league. So the the Eagles aren't dropping down so far without Jalen Hurts. And that's another part of the story. Jalen Hurts has been in the MVP talks all season long. How does that affect his campaign if he gets injured and the Eagles just go on like they ain't missing him? Can you be the MVP if your team just keeps winning without you? Because then it becomes like Michael Parsons was questioning. Is it Jalen Hurts or is it the system? We're going to find out. And what we're going to find out is what the hell Dak Prescott going to do. Because people love killing Dak, and I am, I've become a Dak. I'm a LeBron apologist, and I'm a Dak Prescott apologist. Because that dude is good, right? And it's the same thing that Tony Romo was going through when Tony Romo was there. Tony Romo had a team, always had teams, where they didn't have enough, so they put everything on his plate, and the dude would go out there and throw for crazy yards, throw the touchdowns, but then every now and then, and when the pressure got the most because it was all on him, sometimes that dude would let you down because he was a really good quarterback. He just wasn't great, and that's where Dak Prescott is. Dak Prescott is really good. He's not great, but because he plays for the Cowboys, because they paid him $40 million, everybody assumes that he's supposed to be great. No, he's really good, and what they need to do is rely on the running game, rely on the defense, like I've said, forever. And they tried to do that last week, and Dak still got hated on. They lost 40-34 to in overtime versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. That vaunted Dallas defense that's supposed to be dope gave up 34 points. To the Jaguars. And Dak put up 34 points on offense. And they lost. And people were like, yo, man, it's all on Dak. What? Man, he threw that, that interception. The last interception was a pick six when he threw the ball into the receiver's hands. The receiver bobbled it up. The Jaguars caught it up in the air, picked it off, ran for a touchdown, game over. How is that Dak Prescott's fault? Well, he shouldn't have threw the pass. Man, yeah. That's what quarterbacks do. They throw passes. And receivers are supposed to catch the ball. He didn't catch the ball. He fumbled the ball. Jaguars get paid too. They got paid, took off, won the damn game. And so now 
every week is a Dak referendum. It seems like every week people want to talk about whether or not Dak is good or Dak isn't. It can't lead anybody. Dak is good. They need everybody to do their part for the Cowboys to win games. Any other team, they should not. If you give up 34 points, you're supposed to lose that game. That's that's way above the NFL average. You give up 34 points, you're supposed to lose. They were still in the game while giving up 34 and then eventually giving up the 40. I just can't wait to see this because I think the Cowboys are going to win this game. But Lord, 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 do not let the Eagles beat the Cowboys because you're going to start hearing Cooper Rush chants in the stands. Mark my words. You will hear people calling for Cooper Rush. It's coming if they lose. So, Dak, don't you lose this game. Don't you lose this game because I don't know if I could take all the, 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 the apologies I'm going to have to make, all the defending I'm going to have to do, and I might not be able to defend it. Because if you lose, you just can't lose to the backup. You just can't lose. And even though Gardner Minshew, I think, is a credible backup, you can't lose to the backup at home when they lost their MVP quarterback. Can't do it if it happens. I might, be out, I might be out of apologies for you, bro. I might be out. And the craziest thing that we saw happen last week, New England and the Las Vegas Raiders. <sighs> I don't know what is going on in New England. Um, they still got Bill Belichick, who, you know, for all intents and purposes, is the greatest football coach of all time, right? I'm starting to wonder if it's time for, for Coach B to uh, to hang up the hoodie. I think it might be time to hang up the hoodie, Kevin. He just, they're making bad decisions over there, right? They had Matt Patricia and your boy Joe Joe fighting it out to see who was going to be the offensive coordinator, neither of whom have ever called offensive plays. Matt Patricia used to be a D coordinator. Joe Judge was the head coach of the New York Giants. And before that, he was the Patriots special teams coach. So they got these dudes coming in here being offensive coordinators. And I'm hearing a lot of blame go towards the coordinators and yada, yada, yada. But really, man, what y'all got to put it on is they ain't got no quarterback. They ain't got no quarterback. And they get a lot of injuries. I think I think you're starting to see Bill Belichick is just trying to do anything, some pull strings, something that will work. They put in Bailey Zappi. They benched Mac Jones during a game, put in Bailey Zappi, brought Mac Jones back. And this is what I said about Mac Jones when he got drafted. He's going to look good his first year. That dude stayed in college for five years. He was a backup for four years at Alabama and finally got to start his senior year. Just like I said about Brock Purdy. There's a reason guys have to stay in college that long. If you're any good or you're super talented, you will be gone after three. That's the maximum. That's the, the, the least amount of years you can stay in college and then bounce out to the pros. Most guys worth the damn are gone in three years. Nobody's staying an extra two and risking injury and risking money. If they stay in the extra two, it's because they're trying to make some more money. They're trying to get their status up. And that's what Mac Jones did. And so that dude has the expertise. He has the the uh, the experience of, of knowing how to run a team, knowing how to run a huddle, being around guys. He's done it for five years. He's going to come into the NFL and look the most ready out of the other guys who haven't really played that much high-level football. He was going to look better. But then the talent would rise to the top. And now in year two, if you do a redraft, 
what are we looking at? Because if we had done the redraft after last year if with people who were out of their minds, everybody would be like, oh, Mac Jones, he made the Pro Bowl. He threw the most yards. He looked, he looked great. Yeah. And now we do a redraft. And of course, it's exactly the way we had it in the beginning. What it should have been. It should have been Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields because the cream is starting to rise to the top. And so I, I get it. You want to have an offensive coordinator who knows what the hell they're doing, calling the plays. But at the same time, you got to have a quarterback who can actually throw the damn ball, who can make these high-level throws in high-leverage moments. And he just can't do that. And then this, the team just, what was Jacoby Myers thinking? Trying to lateral and do all this stuff, man. Just go and play for the damn overtime. What the hell are you guys doing? And that just looks like a team that Bill Belichick is losing. And when you start to lose the team at this age and this length of time being there, man, the ownership starts making some grumbles. And Robert Kraft and them, you know, it's cool when you winning. When you winning, you can do all the stuff that Bill Belichick be doing. Talking all the trash, cutting people, you know what I'm saying, drafting who he wants to draft, spending all this money in free agency and not winning. Nah, man, they're going to start asking for stuff, especially when the quarterback that you kind of seem like you let go went down south and got a touch, got a Super Bowl, and y'all up here getting <laughs> losing games without going to overtime because fools is damn lateral in the ball. So they got some issues, man. They got, they got some issues. But this has been a fantastic NFL season. I love every storyline that's happening. And now I'm about to make y'all some money. Reggie's Picks, coming up next. Uh, 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 yeah, man. So, I don't know if y'all know this, but I hit a, I hit a 10-pick parlay last week. 10 picks, Kevin. I teased it with six, you know, six points, but I hit 10, and it paid out a very nice sum of money. It's 20 to 1, baby. 20 to 1. So, I'm hype. I'm lit. I'm ready to go. And all I'm doing here for y'all it's three picks, right? So we're going to do three picks. I'm going to give you what I got, and I might even throw in some teases for you there, okay? So, Kevin, what we got? All right, let's start up with uh, with your team, Washington Commanders at the Santa Clara 49ers. <laughs> and the uh, Niners are minus seven and a half. Minus seven and a half. This is a scary one because I always hate half points, yes. right? More because than a touchdown. Seven, yeah, it's, it's more than a touchdown. So they have to win by eight. They cannot win by seven. They have to win by eight. And it's just scary. They're at home. The weather's going to be nice. It's supposed to be like 60-something degrees. Uh, you know, we're still without Debo Samuel. Chase Young is back for the Red, for the Commanders. Brock Purdy is getting his, what, I think it's his third start. I do not like the seven and a half. I think it's going to be a closer game. The commanders have a lot to play for. They're trying to get into the playoffs still. They're trying to get into the wild card. And if all things are equal, I mean, hell, they just played the Giants really close and lost a really close game with the refs' help. I think they get to come here, and I know our defense is dope. But I am thinking I'm going to take the Commanders plus seven and a half. I think we win the game. I'm just not sold on seven and a half with Chase Young coming back and Brock Purdy in the saddle. So Commanders plus seven and a half. What we got up next, Kevin? All right, let's go to uh, this is going to be a great matchup uh, this weekend. Philadelphia at Dallas. 
Dallas is minus six and a half, the lesser record. But they are at home. Man, they're at home. They need Dallas this win. Dallas is minus six and a half. Yep. They do need to get this win so they can stay locked into the fifth, fifth seed in the playoffs. Jalen Hurts isn't playing. Six and a half points. That's a lot of points. But I think what's happening is we're forgetting the Cowboys are really good. We just watch so many sports shows and people talk so much about them. Their offense puts up points. Their defense usually stops people. It's just the past two weeks, the defense has kind of been letting them down. And they lost Anthony Brown. He's not no world beater on the other side of Trayvon Diggs, but he does slow the other receivers down a bit. And so now the Eagles are coming in with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I don't know about this six and a half for Dallas. I think it's a closer game. I think that Gardner Minshew comes in there and he, he, he holds it down. I can see Dallas winning by three, but I don't think it's a touchdown. I'm going to go ahead and take, I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to take the Eagles plus six and a half. Okay. What do you think, Kevin? Uh, I'm going to go against you on that one. I will actually take Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll find out. All right, let's go to last one. Uh, Green Bay at Miami. Miami minus five and a half. Green Bay is hanging on by a thread. Yeah, hanging on by a thread. Minus five and a half. They just beat um, your Rams. Yes. Up in Green Bay. And I think it wasn't, I mean, I watched that game. They weren't. They weren't world beaters either, nope. right? They mean, Rams are just trash, they and they're just yeah. Rams gone. They're just, Rams are terrible. They're going to be in Miami. The weather is supposed to be nice. Supposed to be in the seventies. Uh, it's raining there today, but tomorrow or they play tomorrow. They play Sunday. They play Sunday. When they do play, yeah. they play Sunday. It's supposed to be raining tomorrow and then be okay on Sunday. I think they just got too much for Green Bay. Yep. The Green Bay has a nice offense, so there should be some points put up in this. But I think that the Dolphins just run a track meet out there. The Green Bay defense has not looked well unless they're playing against trash quarterbacks. When they play against good quarterbacks and good teams, they just open the floodgates on them. So I'm taking the Dolphins in the five and a half. What you got, Kevin? I got it. Same thing. So the only one I do, I did think that, uh, I think your 49ers are going to pull it off against Washington. I think they're going to win by 10. So other than that, we are all in agreement. That's a lot. And I got to tell you guys, I got another 10 pick going myself. And I do have the Niners in there. Uh, I have the Niners, I have the Eagles. I have the Dolphins in there as well. But I did a six-point teaser. So I added six points to the commander spread, and I made it plus 13 and a half. So the Niners got to win by two touchdowns. And I put six towards the Cowboys. So now the Cowboys just have to win by half a point. And I also put, I took six off the Dolphins. So now the Dolphins could lose by one and I still win. So do what you want to do. Take my advice or don't. But if you win, send me my 10%. Yo, I'm Reggie Watkins. You've been listening to I'm Probably Right. Thank you so much. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment. Please don't be hating. Yo, tell a friend if you like the show. Find us, Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, all that, all that other good stuff. Kevin Cleland, my man, runs the show, engineers, producers. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll see y'all after the new year. There won't be a show next week because I'll be out of town, but we will see y'all after the new year and catch up and get ready for the playoffs. Love y'all. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.